Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was passing along between Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Let us pray. Father, we believe that you inspired your servant Luke to record these words, these words of Jesus, this moment in the life of Christ. And we give you thanks that these words not only had power for Luke's day, but they have power today if we will but hear them. And so we pray, come Holy Spirit, open this text to us, perhaps as never before, that we would be changed more and more to be like Jesus. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to be seated. I want... Yeah, bring it up, bring it up, bring it up. I have a very beautiful delivery, delivery woman. This will, this will come back, this will come up later. <clears throat> it's Thanksgiving. I've got so much to be thankful for. Thank you. I want to see with more thankful eyes. I want to see with more thankful eyes. As I look out in the world, as I look around me, I want to see the world and those around me with more thankful eyes. I want to more easily recognize the blessings that are right in front of me. I want to have my vision filled with all these occasions for Thanksgiving. That's what I want. Thanksgiving is huge in America, I'm realizing. <clears throat> this is uh, our first American Thanksgiving. This is our first, first Texas Thanksgiving, and everything is bigger in Texas. You see, in Canada, Thanksgiving is celebrated a month earlier. You've barely gotten into the fall, and suddenly it happens, and it happens on a Monday. Here, it falls on a Thursday, middle of the week, so it takes up more time, more time off, a whole week of school, and I know it's really all about more time to shop. It's closely tied into Christmas here, looking at lights go up and Christmas decorations. We, are, we were going to be so far behind, but my wife brilliantly today caught up with the whole neighborhood, and we're now full Christmas here in Thanksgiving week in November. 
And I mean, all these things are different for us, but greatest of all, the weirdest thing of all for us is y'all do some crazy things with turkeys. I mean, smoked turkey, deep fried turkey, but then there is this thing I've heard of called turducken. It's a little too much for this new American. But I want to see, I want to see with more thankful eyes. You know those people in your life who are so thankful? You know those people? Maybe you're one of them. But there's people in your life that are so thankful. And then there's those other people that are so not thankful. Maybe you're one of them. Often it can be me that's in that second category. Not as thankful, at least as thankful as I want to be. Don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm a thankful person. I think y'all are thankful people, but are we thankful enough? I want to be more thankful. I want thankful eyes. G.K. Chesterton famously once wrote, I quoted this to the ladies last week when I spoke to them, that gratitude is happiness doubled by wonder. Gratitude is happiness doubled by wonder. Isn't that a great, great concept? This idea of overflowing joy in thanksgiving. I spoke at the women's event last week on this text. Don't worry, I'm not going to speak on the same topic. I'm speaking on the same text. But tonight I want to look at it slightly from a different angle. When I spoke to the ladies about Luke chapter 17 and the story of the 10 lepers healed by Jesus and the one that returns giving thanks, when I spoke to the women, I talked to them about why Thanksgiving is so important. Why is it so essential? to have thankful hearts. But tonight I want to talk about how. How can I get more thankful eyes? How can that grow in me? How can I see thanksgiving grow up more and more in my life? Well, the answer is that I need Jesus to put gospel lenses on my eyes. If I want to see the world with more thankfulness, I need Jesus to put gospel lenses, a pair of glasses on my eyes by which I could see the world. I mean, it really is a question of worldview. We often talk about that we look at the world through different lenses, right? We see the world based on different lenses we're given through our family of origin or our nationality or our ethnicity or our pain or our joys. And yet the truth is that Jesus wants to give us lenses by which we can see the world. These are gospel lenses. And if we get these new pair of glasses from Jesus, we'll begin the process of seeing with more thankful eyes. But before we put on these thankful lenses, we've got to understand what these lenses are made up of, these gospel lenses Jesus wants to give us. You see, the gospel lenses Jesus gives us really have two lenses. There's two parts to the gospel. If you want to understand the basics of Christianity, you want to understand the basic of the gospel, you've got to understand there's two parts, two lenses. There's the lens of glory 
and the lens of grace. And if you don't have both, it's not the gospel. The lens of glory and the lens of grace. And when we see through those true gospel eyes, those true gospel lenses, glory and grace, we will begin to see the world with more thanksgiving. So let's look at this quickly. Before we can put these glasses on, we've got to understand them. First, the lens of glory. The lens of glory. The glory of the gospel is that God has done so much more than you can imagine for you. The glory of the gospel is that God has given us the greatest gift. It's, I was going to say greatest gift imaginable. It's the greatest gift even beyond your imaginings. The glory of the gospel is that God has given us his very own son, Jesus Christ. That's the gift that God has given us. That's the glory of the gospel. And we see that in this text from Luke chapter 17. You see, this is so much more than a text about 10 people getting healed. In this text, we really see both the glory and the grace of the gospel. First of all, the glory. Verses 14 and 17, we hear a word used. These men get cleansed. When Jesus saw them, he said, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. And then again in verse 17, Jesus asked the one who returns, were not 10 cleansed? And it means just that, cleansed, washed. Their leprosy had been washed away. But Jesus uses a different word at the end of the text. With this one man that returns, he uses a different word. He says in verse 19, your faith has made you well. And it's not the same word as cleansed. The word literally means saved. You see, what this text is showing us, it's not just a story of people getting cleansed. It's a story of a man getting saved, rescued from sin and death. That's really what this text is about. And the way that this man gets healed, we see in this text as well. Verse 11, it says that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem. And of course, when we read that on the way to Jerusalem, we've got to ask, what's going to happen when Jesus gets to Jerusalem? And the answer is when he gets there, Jesus is going to be arrested and tried and crucified and die bearing the sins of humanity. And so right here in this text on the way to Jerusalem, we're being reminded that this amazing, glorious picture is that God has given us the gift of his son to save us. And it's even better, not only does he take our sin, but in verse 19, when Jesus says to this man who's come back and is laying prostrate on the ground before him, he says, rise, your faith has made you well. And when he says the word rise, he's not just throwing a word around. It literally means resurrection. Jesus over this man who's laying prostrate on the ground says, be raised, which, of course, is pointing to the end, not just Jesus' own death to save us from our sins, but that his resurrection gives us power over death. Jesus is giving us the gift of not just forgiveness, but eternal life. This is the glory of the gospel. The glory of the gospel is God has given us a gift we cannot even dream of. That's the first lens. But the second lens isn't just the glory. See, if we just talked about that, we'd say, wow, God is amazing, but we'd miss our part. You see, the second lens is the gospel of grace. 
The grace of the gospel is that none of us deserve this. You see, the glory of the gospel of God has given us the greatest of gifts, but the grace of the gospel is that we don't deserve it. We don't deserve what God has given us. We haven't earned it. God didn't look down on us and say, oh, look how brilliant all those are. Or I should say down here, all y'all are. That's all what God did. God didn't look down and say, oh, they're so wonderful. They've earned my favor. Let me pour out my gift for them, my son. No, totally undeserved in our sin and our brokenness, God gives us this undeserved gift. You see, in verse 16 and 17 in our text, we find out that the one man who came back and got saved, this man was a Samaritan. Jesus answered, we're not 10 cleansed. Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And that's exactly who this man is. We see in the fact that he's a Samaritan an amazing picture of God's grace. You see, Samaritans, as many of you probably know, were seen by the Jews as half-breeds, heretics, and heathens. They were looked down upon in Jewish society, and they knew they were looked down upon. This Samaritan has no business, no rights to approach this Jewish rabbi and ask for healing. And so it is that you and I have no right, no business coming to God demanding his gift. But that's where the grace comes in. God gives us what we do not deserve. We are sinful. We are guilty of lots of pain in our lives, and we know it. For many years, I would find myself trying to argue with friends. Uh, as a former non-believer who became a believer, I would go to my non-believing friends and we'd start talking about faith. And, and oftentimes they, they'd say to me, well, you know, ultimately, Paul, I'm a good person. And for many years, I tried to argue with them. I tried to argue about, are they a good person? Or are they not a good person? But finally, I just stopped trying to argue with them. And my response to someone saying, I'm a good person is I'd say, really? And then just wait. And within about 30 seconds, they're looking at their shoes, and they say, well, you know, I'm, I'm not saying I'm Mother Teresa. Um, I mean, I'm not saying I'm perfect. And then the list would go on. And within a few minutes, they've unraveled their whole argument that I'm a good person. Because we all, friends, know that we have great brokenness within us. I don't want to make some people who've been already weeping today weep some more, but some friends in our parish today had to say goodbye to their beloved dog. Some of you in this parish know Rosalie and Dave's dog, Halo. And Halo had to be put to sleep today. And it was very, very sad. And I got to call them today. And that's why they're going to have very red faces. And we can all pray for them after the service, as many of us have been. But the reason I bring up Halo, first of all, to say Halo's not getting a chapel service, but Halo will be memorialized forever in the Thanksgiving Eve sermon. So there we go, right? But secondly, I bring it up because as I was talking to Rosalie today, it dawned on me thinking about this text that, you know, when we think of our dogs, our dogs have a very high view of us, don't they? I mean, you've heard the phrase, you know, oh Lord, help me be half the man that my dog thinks I am. You know, and, and just thinking of that, it reminded me again of this, this need we have in our lives. We're not as good as our dogs think we are. We're not as good as we often think we are. We are broken and we are in need. And that's where the story, that lens of grace comes in. What God has given us in Jesus is unearned, undeserved. Glory 
and grace. And so if we believe this, if we believe the gospel, if we say yes to this, I believe that God has sent his only son into the world to die for my sins. Glory. But it's for my sins. Undeserved. Grace. Unearned. If I believe that, if I put my faith as this man says in verse 19, Jesus says, your faith has made you well. Well, then what Jesus is going to do is he's going to put on our glasses. He's going to put our new lenses on. I actually do wear glasses. I just avoid wearing them as much as I can. If my beard was a bit longer, I could be the hipster priest. Um, But the point is, as we put these glasses on, as we put these lenses on, we are saying yes to this gospel of glory and this gospel of grace, and it starts changing our perspective on the world around us. See, it's impossible for us to actually believe what God has done for us in Jesus, believe this gospel of glory, this gospel of grace, and not have it begin affecting the way we look at everything else in our lives. It becomes the seed that grows within us. Look what happens. It's like the hymn, I was blind, but now I see. When we have gospel lenses put onto us, glory and grace, there's an adjustment time needed, just like a moment ago when I put these on. These are actually short glasses to read my Bible. Whew, that's, I can read the Bible now. But slowly over our lives, our eyes begin to adjust to these new gospel lenses. And we begin to have our worldview shift because of this gospel of glory and this gospel of grace. We are able suddenly to look into the world and see more glory. We begin to see more of God's goodness, more of God's gift around us. You see, the gospel begins to infect the way we see the world around us. Now, these are not necessarily rose-colored glasses, right? They're gospel glasses. This doesn't mean everything we look at suddenly is perfect. There's a lot of evil. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of woundedness in this world. These glasses don't make us look at evil and say it's good, but instead in the midst of the wreckage, in the midst of the brokenness, in the midst, midst of the evil, can you see the glory? Can you see the goodness of God more and more? With these gospel lenses, we begin to see more of God's glory in this world. Now, I've talked in many settings before about my daily 20. I have my daily 20, my, my practice that was given to me years ago, where to sit down every day and give thanks for 20 things. And I don't say that as a mark of honor, but as someone who's got a pretty broken heart most of the time, it needs this work to practice thanksgiving. And as I look around in my life, when I have those lenses of glory and grace on, those gospel lenses, it gets easier to see what to be thankful for, to see God's glory in this world. Here's, here's, my, here's my daily 20 for this Thanksgiving Eve. I share with you my daily 20. I wrote them tonight. My 20 things, among so many, but 20 things that these gospel lenses help me see just today, just to share. The first five are always the same. Monica, Annabelle, Sophie Jane, Erica, Kira Lee. My parents visiting this weekend. Our home. The call for us to come to Christ Church Plano. Sophie Jane's healing miraculously back in 2013. Our dog, Tiggy. Daily bread. A group of anonymous men who gave us a larger TV to watch hockey on. <laughs> My staff. 
the couple who lent us their home for July. Freedom that we enjoy in this country and the sacrifice of those who paid the greatest price for that freedom. Every kiss from my daughters. As much as I love my daughters, an upcoming trip alone with my wife soon. A steady stream of encouragement from these parishioners. Such good friends here in Plano already. And my R1 visa. But also with my lenses shifted, I can see more grace. Not just the glory that I just listed, not just the glory, but I can see the grace. I deserve none of this. None of this. I mean, see what the gospel begins to show us? I deserve none of it. It's all grace. It's all gift. And what happens when I deserve none of this, when I've got the eyes to see the glory of God in this world, but also the eyes to see the grace that I don't deserve it? You know what bubbles up? Thank you. That's what bubbles up. Thankfulness grows. I want to see with more thankful eyes. And so do you. So you and I need to let Jesus put the gospel lenses on us. The gospel of glory, God has given us more than we can imagine. But the gospel of grace, that we deserve none of it. And now use those lenses to look around you. On this Thanksgiving Eve, do you see the glory around you? On this Thanksgiving Eve, do you see the grace? You deserve none of it. And yet he gives. Will you give thanks? Come, ye thankful people, come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.